Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name's Helen Webster and I'm with the amazing Sandra Scott and our guest today is a great friend of mine and I'm delighted he could come to see us today. Kevin. And I'm Kevin Rogers. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us today, Kev. We're going to um, have a little chat about um, everything that you've been doing and, and all about you and everything like that in a minute. But first, we celebrate the kids. So any young people, little people who've done amazing things this week, um, we're going to give them um, a shout out to say well done and thank you. So I'm going to go first. So um, it's September the 1st. The kids are going back to school. Some have gone back today um, and then some are going back for the rest of this week. Um, and I just want to say a big, big well done to them all and really, really enjoy this time because you're back in school and you're with your friends and hopefully there's no bubbles and, you know, they haven't got to be. Um, and hopefully they're going to stay in school. So um, just massive, massive well done for everything that you've done for the past sort of 18 months, two years. Um, and really, really enjoy this term with all your friends. So, um, yeah, so that's my celebrating the kids. I'm giving a big shout out to them. What about you, San? Um, just all my little munchkins. Um, one of my young people has been quite poorly over the summer. He's had the norovirus. He's had COVID as well. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them. They're all come back to me, all my little ones. So I'm really excited to see them all sort of start this week as well. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, they got real. them quite early with the Spanish and that. So that's quite good as well. And my lad, who isn't a little person, he's 23, but he's had COVID as well. And um, all he was worried about was how they were managing and where, where. So I was definitely proud of him and that. But he's okay too. So that's it. Brilliant. And about you, what about Kev? you, Kev? Any yeah, people, I mean, or, you yeah. Well, I actually uh, introduced a, a young group of young entrepreneurs, uh, eleven of them, education recently. And to see the transition from them when they first joined Maisie Psych Community Training, where they wouldn't speak to anybody, they would make eye contact, the, the, the self-worth, the self-ambition was pretty much through the ground. And to see them on zip wires, archery, having a laugh, having bands, a paddle on a kayak, splashing each other, just proved to me that the resilience in young people should never be underestimated. And we should celebrate them every opportunity that we've got. And one of the huge things that I'm also super proud of there's currently 239 young people who are members of Merseyside Community Training and a staggering 56.5% of them have already secured a positive destination with an employment or training. So super, super proud of our young people. Amazing. That, that deserves a big clap and a well done to them all. And put your hand over your shoulder and give yourself a little pat on the back. Well done. That's amazing. And, and to the staff there as well, because, you know, um, the staff and the volunteers and everybody. Who, who we're all young at so, heart. You know? We're all young at yes, heart. We are indeed. We are, hopefully. Um, and success this week. Something amazing that's happened to you personally. San, what's happened to you this week? I know there's been lots of things. I've successfully moved house. Oh, <laughs> which has been quite a palaver but uh, talk about with a little help of my friends and Kevin you might you know put it on Facebook Helen this is what a good mate Helen is right he not to me face though Helen came <laughs> all day Saturday all day Sunday offered Monday and I was like no please have a life came round yesterday morning and yesterday evening and went to the tip and everything honest to god um it, and it is, I've never climbed so many stairs because there's three flights uh, where I was and um, it's just been mental but I'm sort of in now it's very echoey as there's no pictures up or anything like that yet and I've still got a few bits and bobs to get I mean 
um, need of a washer and uh, a little fridge freezer and uh, some wardrobes and that. But that's it, and then we'll get there. So uh, that's been a task, but it's done, and I'm really happy. So there we go. So that's good. What about you, yeah. Helen? Um, so I successfully climbed about um, three Mount Everest up and down the stairs, helping you move, wasn't it? You know, so we did the, a great job. We'll have like moon cheeks like um, peaches, won't we? Because we just climbed on down. Um, but my success this week is, so it's my mum's birthday today. So happy birthday to my mum. Um, she won't be listening because she, she, I think she's, um, and we've just been to see Hairspray, which was amazing. So it was on in the Empire and it was just lovely, 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 yeah, to be back in. And, and I don't think you realise how much you miss it until you're there. And the whole of the audience at the end, everybody was standing up. Everybody was dancing. It was just... And the staff at the Empire were brilliant. You had to do um, either provide your, your, your COVID certificate that you'd had your jabs or a lateral flow negative test. Um, and it was it was just dead smooth all that you know everybody was in everyone was safe some people had masks on and so and it was just amazing and it was just lovely lovely and i think the actual cast you could see it on their faces you know because they've missed it so much that they were just yeah. absorbing and you know, i thought they don't want to go off they just want to stay on all afternoon you know it was amazing yeah. so um favorite musical it's seen hairspray kevin yeah oh i've got to try and top that now haven't i really some of my successful I think mine's more of a personal success and quite proud because I've not long moved house myself. And uh, we've got a nice little cottage in Sefton Village. So it's quite quaint round there. And proud to say the punch bowl is in staggering distance. I mean, in arm's reach from where I live. Uh, and we kind of thought bank holiday weekends are good for DIY, aren't they? So I had a, a brave attempt of decorating the front room, which I thought, take me a day, day and a half tops. Try two and a half days. And I ache all over because uh, I didn't realise. <laughs> That uh, woodwork is so low to the ground, and when it takes three coats, it also takes a bit of your willpower and soul along the way. But I'm proud to say I hung in there and I finished the task, and I even got a compliment off the better half. So I must have done a good job. Hooray! Yeah. Well done, you. Well done. Well done. Um, and Joe Swinburne's listening in, and she says, "Great friend. Glad you in. Uh, yes. I think she means that glad you're in your house. So that's yes. good. So that's amazing." Um, and so now Kev's joined us, and thank you so much for, for giving your time tonight. We're going to play this or that. So, Sani, you going first, or am I going first? I can go first this week, if you like. Okay. Yep. Kevin, sailing or um, mountain climbing? Oh, they're two of my favourite pastimes, actually. I actually have in my office at home, there's two big portraits, one with the yachts on at the sailing, and the other one is mountaineering, which um, I tend to, I'm probably going to have to say now, but a bit older and a bit more um, large around the waist, I probably have to say it's sailing now, because it's not as strenuous on your knees or on your shoulders, carrying your rucksack up the hill. Both of them do share that element of being out in the great out outdoors, you know, letting them, um, being free. No, no te technology to distract you, um, but I'll probably have to say now more of a lad of leisure, so I'll probably have to lean towards sailing would be my favourite pastime. Mm. Ooh. I'm going to go mountain climbing, 100% um, in the mountains. I love I, I, I like both, so I like, I, I get seasick, so I'm not very good, so I like a, like a paddleboardy, you know, kayaky type thing, but yeah. or a little rowing boat or something, I'm not good on big boats. So sailing wise, I'm not really, but um, I love the sea. But no, um, mountain climbing, hundred percent. What about you, Sam? Now you are a water baby. Mm. 
either. Um, I like walking. I'll walk. I walk. I'll walk a long, long walk. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I've got no problem with walking for miles. But um, you know, nice stroll and that. I'll, I'll run. Up, I can run up the escalator. I can run up the stairs in Liverpool one. No bother. <laughs> Get up to the top well, of the it? John. It's a flash. Yeah, that's a mountain. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like. <sighs> In terms of sailing on a yacht or climbing, I'd, I'd go up Milvama, that's all right, right? <laughs> you know, and canoeing, I had a go at canoeing recently, which was just a miracle, which was the best thing ever, and I really, really enjoyed it, but it was dead calm. If there was a ripple mm. or anything, that would be it, I'd be out, so I'm not raised like that. <laughs> but there we okay. go, I'd rather Okay, go on, Hal. <laughs> Okay, the sun or the moon, Kev? Ooh, I'm going to have to say the moon because I, I find it more tranquil and peaceful, um, especially on, on a full lunar moon when it kind of has a big presence and illuminates the ground beneath it. And to give you an example, uh, we're getting a bit older now, me and my friends. And when we used to walk a lot, we used to call ourselves the mountain lads, but now we're a bit older, we call ourselves the mountain goats uh, because we take it in our stride and we sometimes tend to go off piste. But that's more because we're talking rather than navigating. Uh, and we kind of done a bit of a night walk not so long ago uh, up on um, in the Mulwins on a mountain called Connect. And we were up there and you could just see for miles the unspoiled view and the tranquility and the peace was just fantastic. So I'd have to say moon just on that experience alone. Wow. What about you? And we didn't get lost. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Sun, hand done. Sunshine. <laughs> I love it. I love the sunshine in the morning. When I like being sitting out when you can eat outside. I like the daytime. I just love the sunshine. It's great. Mm. Uh, I love the sunshine, but I also like the moon. Um, and and, and I'd, I'd love to experience like what Kevin said. Then you know, like going and up Kevin, in the moonlight. As for a full moon, that's the time to stay in your house and close your curtains <laughs> and hope you're there. Well, in case you hear any howling. <laughs> no, full moon, I'm in. That's it. No. <laughs> Nightmare. Go on, Sam. What about you? Next one. Okay. Uh, next one for me. Now, Kevin has been to all manner of events, haven't you? So, you could say that. Oh, you have. So, <laughs> would your favourite event be? Um, a garden party at the, um, what should we say, at Buckingham Palace or an event at Sandringham Palace? Ooh, I would probably have to say, and I've experienced both, uh, and I would probably have to say Buckingham Palace for me because, uh, one, I'm a bit of a royalist on the quiet, and that's the Queen's home, so, yeah. So I was really, really honoured to be there. And I've done that event, ooh, I'd say at least six times where I've hosted young people who have achieved their Duke of Edinburgh's award and I've welcomed them into the palace apartments, uh, hosted them for the day, introduced them to a celebrity, introduced wow. them to other young people who have achieved their gold award in the DOV. And I've also had the privilege of inducing, introducing them to a member of the royal family um, from the former late... Duke of Edinburgh himself, the Earl of Wessex, the, the Princess Royal, uh, William, you know, you know, you name it, we've worked with them. And to see these young people celebrate their success 
on the lawn of Buckingham Palace. Young people like me from Knowsley and Liverpool and, and Sefton from Liverpool City region be invited to such an auspicious occasion and be the, the one in the limelight is absolutely fantastic for me. And that's what I witnessed at uh, Buckingham Palace. Uh, Sandringham is where I graduated my master's. So it wasn't as a, it was more pressure and terrifying. So out of those two, I'd have to say Buckingham Palace because my mum was with me at Sandringham, you see. to be good. I'd love to go to Buckingham Palace for uh, for the, the garden party. I just oh, think it looks oh, uh, amazing. Yeah, I, I just think it's a lovely. You've been, haven't you, Sam? Through um, my work with Kevin with the, mm -hmm. at the DOV, through um, like voluntary stuff, I was basically Kevin and myself, we share a passion, uh, like yourself, about inclusivity. So it, for mm -hmm. me, it was about enabling our young people. When I was at the ADHD Foundation, people with ADHD, young people to access things, because sometimes the school wouldn't let them go on trips and do things or they're all excluded or if someone has all example they might feel comfy and it's making it accessible to them as well so the whole DOV award and, and Kevin was just inspirational for me with this talked about accessibility and he looks after all the special needs so that he, what you know why can't everyone do these things because it's such a confidence builder and it's it, you know it blows us away as well so I was invited to the uh, Buckingham Palace, which was a big surprise when it came. Um, and I just loved it. And I met uh, Sophie Countess of West because it was a massive day and there was all famous people there. They all came to speak. Yeah. I was there with educational establishments and that. And they had a, a lovely lady from Dragon's Den um, it was just fab. And we just met some really inspirational people and it was just such a good event. And the highlight of my day, Kevin, was everyone tells me I have my tea too weak. When I went to Buckingham Palace, the Queen, <laughs> I was served tea exactly the colour I like it. And I was I took a photo straight away. You weren't allowed to take a photo in the palace <laughs> or anything. So it was a win-win. Oh, I was delighted. So I know that I have my tea correctly. So I was made up with myself. Mm. There we go. That's what you call expensive taste, isn't it, Sandra? It is. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay. The time machine. Or a magic wand, um, Kev. Ooh, I'd probably say a magic wand on the grounds that I can I can improve some of the indifferences and challenges that I see today, uh, because I see a lot of challenge and a lot of struggle and a lot of um, opportunities that are being not presented to everybody. So I'd love to change that magic, sprinkle that magic wand over, and put everybody on an even keel and make it balanced and a fair market and a fair opportunity. And then the true talent will shine. So I would probably say a magic wand to help people release their inner magic and let them shine for the right reasons. That would be mine. That would be me. How profound was that? Clearly mine was lottery related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I went first. Kevin <laughs> came out with a big deep I was thinking, well, I could magic a washing machine, magic the wall. <laughs> 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 and so on, yeah, <laughs> a towel rail. So, um, it's a towel rail, it's a towel rail, ding, sunshine, ding, no moon, ding. <laughs> what about you, Helen? So, Joseph, well, I was even worse than you guys because I was like, oh, I could be like Harry Potter, couldn't I? Like, <laughs> my magic <laughs> the spelly arms, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like. 
I was there. I was there with Hamani. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree with Kev on that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Joey Swinburne, she says a uh, magic wand as well. No, I think a magic wand would be cool. I'd like to freeze people and make them fly off and things like that. Not, not as oh, good yeah, as yours, Kev. Not, not as good as yours. <laughs> um, last one for you, Sam. Um, yeah, okay. Last one. Skiing holiday or beach holiday? Ooh, that's. Oh, I enjoy both actually. Because uh, the current moment now, I'd probably say a beach holiday for me, so I could just stop, reflect, recharge, take in a good book, soak in some vitamin D, and maybe something with an alcoholic percentage as well while I'm there. Uh, and just you know, I think a good switch off and recharge would be great because there's been a lot of change for me over the past six months. I've changed house, I've changed job. I've, for the first time in a long time, I've got my own car again, you know. We've got, yeah, so there's a lot of change. So for me, it would be a nice little lounger, sand, sun, sangria, and maybe a good book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, oh, I'd, I'd probably go skiing. But skiing with the sunshine, so you can ski in your T-shirt and mm. the sun and you're top of the mountain and have a little beer. And yeah, yeah, I just love it. Um, and, and I'm not a great sunbather. I, I get fed up mm. after about four minutes. I think I've been there for about four hours. And once I'm dry out of the pool, I have to go back in again. So, um, yeah. yeah. What about you, San? Oh, well, I know yeah. what Sans would be. Oh, yeah, at the minute. At the minute, a nice sun. I love skiing holiday, but it's the second holiday. It's not your own. Yeah. Not your main. Yeah. No, okay, really. last one um, for me. Uh, Abseil or zip wire? Are we all oh, okay? I'd have to go for zip wire uh, because you'd have to push me off both of them. And I think a zip wire would be less fatal. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, my feet are flat for a reason and that's to stay on the ground. But uh, for charity a few years ago, I'd done uh, the zip wire in North Wales, the largest one in Europe, and raised some funds. Wow, that was an experience, shall we say. And I nearly discovered that adrenaline had a colour and it was nearly brown as when I was doing that. <laughs> but, uh, Cut a long story short, it was like the initial takeoff was terrifying, but then everything just seems to slow down and it just went quiet and it felt like I was floating until I hit the stopper at the end. Then I realized I was <laughs> yeah, but absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> oh. What about you, son? Absail, you can control the rate you go down, you're in control of it yourself as you go down, aren't you? Well, yeah, but you've got to take that step off, haven't you? I know we just we just lean back and go step step like in when you do something like against a, a mountain or the only place but Kevin you'll laugh at this so I was taken to Pex Hill. Oh yeah, I know it. On a date, um, and I was like, <laughs> um, so that was like the, my first thing I did. But you can put your it's not it's not a big drop. But you can put mm. your feet against the wall as you go down. You've got it on a zip wire. It's gone. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, zip wire, one hundred percent for me. Exactly same reasons for Kev. I, I couldn't step off and walk down. I'd be, uh, no, I'd eat it. Um, and and like my Phil's done abseil the cathedral, you know, and then they actually dangle and he's got like nothing to put his feet on. And he's done it about four times. And I've, I've just videoed him, and they've all gone, "Are you having a go?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just doing video, and I'll just take the posting off." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, thank you. Um, go says zip wire. She goes, "Yeah, zip wire." Wee. So yeah, I, I think. And I'd like to do that big one in uh, North Wales as well. I've done the caves. Um, 
I did the below, um, which is at the same site oh, where you yeah. go down in the caves and stuff. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's epic. It's, it is really epic. Yeah. So but now we know sensitive. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know more about Kev now, but San, you're going to introduce him and we're going to find out all of the amazing and exciting things that he's been up to. Okay, brilliant. So uh, I know Kevin through a mutual friend, uh, Robbie Johnson, and Kevin's just an amazing human who you would just get on with straight away as soon as you meet him. He's, he's currently the business development manager, as he said, for Merseyside Community Training, which he's going to speak about in a bit and what they're offering, what they're offering for young people, the, the Wirral Bay. And, um, um, and what's available to them because it's really about a lot of young people need a confidence boost at the moment from what they've been through over 16, 18, however long and it's helping them but why I really wanted him to come on is to talk about what he's done he's done so much voluntary work you know, with young people in various forms which he'll talk about and then why he's done amazing things as well which you've just had a little insight to but you've, um, you're just fantastic, aren't you? And a lot of stuff you've done is in the maritime sector as well. So yeah. um, I know you joined the Sea Cadets, didn't you, in uh, 1990 as a G Cadet. And then that was the start of your journey, wasn't it, Kevin? Yeah. So really? that, that was, yeah, I came because we moved house when we were young. I, I grew up in Whiston uh, and then we moved to another, the other side of Nosley, which when you're a young person feels miles away, but Nosley's not that big, if you know it. And we moved to Highton. And because we didn't know anybody, me and my brother just didn't go over the front door. Uh, so mm. my parents were like the opposite of any other parent. When other, a young person got grounded, they were kept in, and we got grounded, we were kicked out. You know, it was that type of thing. So they said, we've got to get these young boys getting back involved in society and developing and growing and doing some enrichment. So my mum and dad uh, encouraged us to join the Secrets. Uh, it was heightened unit we joined, TSI and Duke, back in 1990. And they found out my dad was ex-Royal Navy, so he ended up joining too. <laughs> so we couldn't have a night off, you know, because my dad was going as well. <laughs> but joking aside, I was involved with the Sea Cadets for quite some time. And I, I got from the junior cadet and reached the dizzy heights of Petty Officer Cadet. And that gave me an opportunity to, to gain qualifications. That gave me the interest initially in maritime and, and waterborne activities. That's why I enjoy my sailing, canoeing, kayaking, and also got me involved with doing some uh, extracurriculum and adventurous training as well. Like the abseiling, wasn't a fan, uh, but more interested in the walking. Uh, camping, I'm now at the stage of there's no one sweet, there's no Kev. That's how it kind of fits with me now. Uh, but we've done a wild camp not so long ago, me and some friends, and it just brought back those memories, which was fantastic. And some of the young people I was cadets with, I'm still actually in contact with now. So I've developed friends for life, skills for life, and it gave me opportunities that have helped me shape the man I am today. So when I became 18, you had to leave the secrets. And I thought, well, actually, the secrets has given me so much. I want to give something back. Uh, and while I was there, I got my Duke of Edinburgh's Award, bronze, silver and gold. Uh, and I went to the palace with my brother, um, St. James's Palace, yeah. and we were able to take mum and dad uh, to witness. And I, I wore my uh, sailor's uniform at St. James's Palace, and his Royal Highness came up to me, who I didn't know at the time, was like a very high-ranking naval officer. And we had a bit of a private conversation, really. He kind of ignored everybody because I dared to wear the uniform and stand out. He came over and then made a, a beeline for me. So it just proved to me that 
Standing out's not always a negative thing. You know, it can have a positive yeah. impact as well. Embrace your differences, own your differences, because they make you who you are, uh, which I am really passionate about. So then I became an adult. I got that scary world of work where I had to go to college and get an education and, and do all that. But education wasn't for me. It really wasn't. I'm not academic. I'm more, I'm more hands-on. I'm more people. I'm more laying on the job. So I kind of got my first job as a van lad at Murray's Airport Transfer Services in Highton Village. Don't know if anybody ever used them. And then what was ironic is the gentleman who ran that company, Stan and John Murray, both had the same surname, but were not related. Uh, Stan was involved in secrets. He was a, a lieutenant commander in South Liverpool, and they were looking and struggling for adult volunteers. So that's where I went as an adult volunteer at the age of 18 and supported TS Conway. And then at the age of 19, I was appointed as their, uh, as a volunteer, their commanding officer. So I was actually leading a cadet detachment in South Liverpool. Uh, and I'd done that for the next 14 years, believe it or wow. not. Wow. But at yeah. 19, that's a big, um, that's a big sort of yeah. commitment and responsibility, isn't it, at 19? Well, I grew up fast, is the politest yeah, way yeah. to put it. But I had some fantastic young people. Uh, and I've, when I say young people now, uh, some of them have got families of their own, and some of their children are in sea cadets, you know, so wow. it's kind of gone full say. I feel quite old saying that out loud. <laughs> but the realisation is I gave those young people the opportunities and the exposure that I was once given, and that was a huge reward for me. Uh, and then I was also, they found out that in that time, I worked in education in Nosey Community College. So that was my day job when I was after the airport, airport transfer services. And I was seconded to uh, the special educational needs department. And I was working as a SENCO. So supporting young people with educational needs and disabilities and giving them and equipping them with skills and attributes that will support them moving on from independent living to money management and to numeracy and literacy skills. Uh, when I left the college, I was actually the section manager and I was managing the team that looked after the personal care and the, the care plans for MLD and SLD students. So it was such a rewarding job. You just know when a change, you're ready for a change, you just know change needs to come. And I became an education welfare officer. Uh, in our language, that's the wagman. Uh, so yeah. I was <laughs> an education welfare officer in Cheshire uh, for two years. And I looked after Holton and Warrington. Because I'm quite chatty and I quite get, I like to get my sleeves rolled up and, and get my fingers dirty and get stuck in there. I was seconded to the Gypsy Traveller community, which was absolutely fantastic. I learned so much and I met some integral people who, who taught me of their culture. Uh, and I got to see Appleby Horse Fair, uh, which is Oh, fantastic. did you? Yeah. yeah I've only seen that on the television. It looks amazing. You know what? I would definitely recommend it. The culture, the vibrancy, the positivity. I didn't see any of the stereotypes that I was forewarned of. You know, I just saw people having a great time embracing their culture and their heritage and allowing outsiders in, which I thought was very inclusive. It was really good. But unfortunately, that job came to an end when Cheshire decided to disaggregate into East and West and neither side wanted me. Oh. I know. So it was my brother, actually, who said, Kev, the Duke of Edinburgh's award are looking for someone, reach out. So I reached out to my old DAV leader, Robbie Johnson, who happened to be the regional director at the time. And it wasn't until I was in the interview, I put two and two together, that that was the Robbie Johnson who'd done my DAV gold expedition when I was a young man. Yeah. So I went in for the interview. I had a, I remember it very vividly. I had a man cold. You can't get anything worse than that. Can you? <laughs> no. Well done for going to the interview. Well done. Oh, I'm, thank you for that sympathy because I need it. It was big red nose, watery eyes, couldn't oh. see. Oh, awful. 
awful. And I got in there and I just didn't, I wasn't confident about the interview and performance, but they saw something in me that I didn't and they took me on. And I started in the Duke of Edinburgh's Awards as a development coordinator. So I was looking at uh, processing, reaching out, supporting the operational teams with their activities, uh, manning the telephones and supporting the office, and just supporting the charity that, that opened me up to so many new opportunities through the CDS. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And then an opportunity to come to be promoted to an operations officer. So I jumped at the chance and I was appointed an operations officer and I was responsible for, for Liverpool, the greatest city on the planet, if you ask me. And I covered the whole of Liverpool city region, uh, Cumbria, because it was local, and uh, the Isle of Man, uh, because I'm a good swimmer. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of looked after that patch, which was fantastic. And I worked with people like Sharon Jardine, who was uh, the DV manager at Liverpool City Council at the time, Paul Killam. And I just got to meet some really inspirational people who were as passionate as me about supporting young people. So we got on really, really well. And then they introduced a new tier in the Duke of Edinburgh's Award because it was growing. And I became what's called an operations manager. And I was then responsible for the operations officers who looked after Liverpool City Region, Cheshire, Warrington, and a little rock that escaped thousands of years ago called the Isle of Man. Uh, what I'm really, really proud of in those achievements, when I took on uh, the arduous, and it was an arduous task as DV was growing, it was changing, we had a new chief executive, we had new pressures, and they were a charity, so we got, they needed to rely on, on income. But there was about 6,000 young people partaking in the DV programme, and for me, that sounded great, it was fantastic, but it wasn't enough. So with my fantastic team of operations officers, we come up with a strategy, we viewed it, we looked at it, and when I stood down of my role, only in February, just gone, uh, there was just under 15,000 young people doing their Duke of Edinburgh's award in wow. the Warrington and the Alabama, which I'm hugely, hugely proud of. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a great stat, doesn't it? But when I tell you that's just under 4% of the eligible population, there's still a long way to go. You know, and these young people are worthy of these opportunities and should take them and seize them and uh, reap the rewards from them personally. And it's, it's something for everyone, isn't it? And oh, anyone you know, it's considered a big thing of public schools and that they're all involved in stuff like that. But anyone should be allowed to have a go, shouldn't they? It doesn't matter where you come 100%. from. And that's, that's where you can introduce the way the stigma. So if I say to you, I work for the Duke of Edinburgh Award, people already have a preconceived opinion of what that is and who it's for. So if I go in and say, I'm actually representing the world's leading development programme for young people. Yeah. Then I get the interest. And then I tell them it's the Duke of Edinburgh's Award. You know, so it's all it's about getting people in to see the value before they form an opinion. Because opinions are very easy to form. Uh, but once you've got experience and exposure, then you can have an informed opinion, which is completely different. Yeah. So I was done 12 years with the Duke of Edinburgh's Award, so I was there quite some time, and I met the royal family, some fantastic celebrities and supporters. But the biggest celebrity for me was meeting and celebrating the successes of the young people. For me, that was the highlight. And to go back to my old school, Prescott School, and present some Duke of Edinburgh's Awards to some pupils in there and see some of my old teachers was yeah. absolutely fantastic for me. Yeah. But I have to admit, I was slightly offended when I was approached to become an old boy. I don't think I'm at that stage. Well, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to do that. But there was something not fulfilling me. I wasn't getting that full circle. So I worked in education, which is educating young people for the scary world of yeah. adulthood. 
I then worked in the Duke of Edinburgh's award, which is developing soft skills within young people to prepare them for the world of work. But I never actually put a young person in work. Uh, Okay. So that's where Merseyside Community Training kind of make that full circle for me. Mm -hmm. So they actually support young people into the employment market and the labour market, which was just an exciting thing, a really huge, exciting thing. And I went in there and it's almost like I've had a second lease of life because when you get to the levels of management within the DAV, you see less and less of the young people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's hard to stay motivated and, and keep your finger on the pulse. So to be there, I say, yeah, thrown in at the deep end, face-to-face with young people, supporting them with, with sessions and, and classes and workshops and, and mentoring circles and actually mentoring some young people who are young entrepreneurs in their own right. It's just so rewarding for me. And it's just put that, not a fire in my belly, it's, it's a fairness in my belly. Because the young people we work with at Merseyside Community Training are not your average young people. They are, shy, they are stars who have had their lights put out, is the best way to put it. They've been let down by maybe educational systems, uh, local authority. Uh, some of them have actually been let down by their own families. So there's huge trust issues and there's huge low self-worth and uh, social anxiety matters there. And what we say at MCT is, come and speak to us. Come and speak to us. All we ask for you as a young person is be passionate. Be passionate about what you want to do. And we'll facilitate your success in getting you there. So the way we kind of encapsulate that, we have the three Ps at MCT. Passion is the key one. Are you passionate? Do you want to work? Do you want to set up your own business? Do you want to be inspired? Do you want to be exposed? Then if you are, come to Merseyside Community Training. We are based in Birkenhead, but we cover the Liverpool City region. And we'll work with any young person from 16 to 24 who wants to increase their chances of securing employment. Mm -hmm. The next P is a pathway. We will explore avenues and opportunities and expose them to new sectors, people, uh, skills, attributes, probably release skills and attributes within them that they never even knew they possessed. Mm -hmm. And we'll do some work with them directly. And I think the way you can look at that is we start them and nothing grows or stands strong without a good foundation. And that's what we want to do. So before we even introduce our young people, to the labor market we've got to make sure they've got a good foundation to stand on now we've supported young people who are homeless who are victims of abuse neglect uh, mental health issues social anxiety issues people who have had a medical condition who've gone undiagnosed that we've supported being diagnosed with adhd asd you know what it is we we're one of the few organizations that have come in these young people's lives who have actually invested in them rather than yeah. a process. And that, that speaks volumes. And seeing those young people from the start of the Entrepreneurs Academy to being at the Outdoor Education Centre, being on the zip wire with confidence, you know, with smiles. And you could dare I say for the first time in a long time, probably without a care in their world, they yes. have fun. And it was so rewarding to see. And what we do then, we kind of expose them to training, support, placements within employment. Uh, we get professionals to come in from different sectors and share their experiences, warts and all, personal, professional, and take them on that journey, share their journey with these young people to let them know it's okay not to be okay. It's okay yeah. to fall down, but it's mm. finding the strength to pick yourself back up again. And that's what MC kind of, MCT kind of focuses on quite strongly. That's what, right. Don't, don't you think a lot of people, especially young ones, you think, they think everything has to run perfectly. They don't understand that you do make mistakes. That's part of the journey. And 
anyone who's hugely successful has had failure after failure usually to get to where they are if anyone's given everything on a plate and they rise without any issues the fall's going to come later there'll be a big one you have to have knocks on your way that is part of the, the ladder you know the steps don't go like that they go up down and up again you know and, and it is okay to make mistakes, isn't it? It's okay you know, to get wrong. Mistakes is, is the best way for us to learn because if they make the, make the mistake and learn from it, then that's an opportunity. Keep making the same mistake, then there could be an issue, you know, and that, that's what we yeah. say to young people. And, you know, some of our young people who want to set, set up their own business uh, from other establishments have turned around and said, you know, all startups fail, 90% of startups don't make it, they fail. And we say, you know, there's some truth in that. Startups do fail, but young entrepreneurs succeed because they're passionate, because they're driven, because they're focused and they know what they want. And that's to it, highlight what you said, Sandra, is some of them will hit some barriers, hit some pitfalls, hit some stumbles, but they'll also reach some highs and have some achievements and win some, some successes. And that's what we do. We facilitate their success, whether they're looking for employment in a specific sector or whether they want to be brave and bold and have an idea that they want to turn into a business then we will work with those young people and, that and how long is the program for sorry kev how long is the program for how long do the young people come to you for yeah the young entrepreneur is a six-month program but their membership is a 12-month membership all of our memberships are 12 months long and any young person who joins mct can access all of our facilities we've got a hub there with quiet workstations a vocational library internet access print facilities webcams tea and coffee and dare i say oh, a nice biscuits too biscuits um, yeah and we also have on site we work in partnership with neo which is the they have a community cafe in there and all of our members who come to our facility will get free food hot food so if they come for a morning session it's a free breakfast and if they come for an afternoon session it's a free lunch and mct will build for that because we nobody lands on an empty stomach no, we want no. a young person to come and focus on their career not focus on i'm hungry uh, we've also got access to a food bank on site. So if any young person is struggling and needs to take some food home and, and, and other perishable items, then let us know and we'll make that uh, facility available to them. We also work in partnership with Urban Bikes, hyping with Matt and his team. Uh, and then, yeah, and so if any young person who gets a job and is struggling with transport, we'll work in partnership with them to secure them a bike within their price range and also within their means. So they have another means of transportation to get to to and from work. You know, so we are a partnership organization. We do a lot of collaboration. We're collaborators, not competitors. Uh, and we are passionate, completely passionate about supporting every young person who is passionate about not finding a job, finding their career. And there's a big difference. That's what we want. And then that leads me on to the final P within MCT, which is a positive destination. And we say a positive destination because it's their choosing. It's their destination. It's where they want to get to. If we do it for them, and we soon, the day we let go of their hand is the day they could lose faith, lose confidence, and that opportunity not remain. And that's why we ask them to stay members for 12 months, because we've all been in a new job. Uh, we've all started a new career. And normally 10 to 15 weeks into that career, that chimp in the brain says, mm -hmm. you've bit off more than you can chew. You've made the wrong decision. You shouldn't have done this. You should have stayed of where you are. And that's where MCT comes in because not everybody in their family has got people who are in employment yeah. who can recognize that and support yeah. them through that. Uh, we want them to come back to us and we can say once we pull them off the ceiling or the wall, depends how high they got, 
is that's normal. We've been there. We understand. Let's talk it through. Uh, and then keep them on the, did I say, the right, the right pathway that they picked to keep their positive destination a positive one. And that's kind of encapsulates what we do at, at MCT. Brilliant. That's amazing. And I, and I think that's, I think, as you're saying, you, you know, when you were talking about strong foundations, I think your personal strong foundations were, you know, you, you had the support network of the C cadets. Um, and then and then you had the support network of, of like the DV and and you know people like that and I think being around like-minded people um and people who've got your back and people who say you know you can do this and yeah um, is, is 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 a massive massive plus on on absolutely anything so what sort of things are the young people um wanting to wanting to do or set up or young entrepreneurs because they have amazing ideas don't they these young people we've got 12 young entrepreneurs on the program at the moment and what's unique about our young entrepreneurs program is they're actually being paid by us so they don't have to worry about finances and for the first time in their life some of our young entrepreneurs are receiving a salary which is fantastic for them it's a big sense of achievement some of the businesses that we have we've got a young a young lady uh, called uh, Chantelle Louise who was Suffered a lot with the social anxiety. Uh, a lot of didn't have confidence in herself at all or her ability, but was a naturally gifted artist, naturally gifted, self-taught as well. No. So when she exhibited some of her work, and to get onto the programme, sorry, all a young person has to do is send a two-minute video with their name and what their business idea is. We're not interested in your school, your academic attainment, whether you've got a criminal record, whether you wear designer clothes or your postcode. We're interested in the individual. And that's if you've got passion, and you've got an idea, share it with us because it could lead on to something exciting for us all. And uh, what, what Chantel done got the confidence to do that. And she submitted a video and the, the board, our board, watched it and she got selected. And what the selection process is then is come in and meet the board and do your best pitch. You don't even know it's a pitch, but it's more like a two-way conversation. Uh, we'll find out where you are. Is this the right pathway for you? We use Simon Sinek, the theory of why. So mm. why? Why do you want to explore this one and give them, make sure that they're making the right decision. It's not a win. Yeah. And then we'll invest. And we say to all young entrepreneurs at the start, a bit like a dragon's den. If you want someone to invest in your business, uh, then come back to us and we will find some investors who can put into your company and get it to the next stage. Out of all of the 12 young entrepreneurs who are operating them now, not one of them has come back for, a, for an investment. They're all running a profitable company, which is registered wow. company. They're making a turnover, they're making a profit, they've extended the network. Some of them are actually having negotiations internationally. So this is the scale of people we introduced them to. Yeah, so Chantelle is doing special effects, makeup, portraits. She's exhibiting some of her work in Birkenhead, uh, and she's in negotiations with some uh, other people who want to commission some of her work. So this is fantastic. Wow. Yeah, and we've got uh, another young entrepreneur who springs to mind, who's called uh, Matt, and he does um, a media company. So he does short videos and promotional videos, and he's kind of working with some organizations, individuals, and companies who want to use his software and skill set to promote uh, what they're doing. And he is such a an amenable, accommodating young man that everybody would want to work with him when you meet him. He, he's just such yeah. a like guy. But he didn't have the confidence. You know, he, did, he didn't know how to promote himself, pitch himself, be, didn't know what his brand was before he came to MCT. Now he's got a powerful brand and he's got meaning behind that. He's showcasing that brand and he's securing some really strong clients along the way. And that's what's really good. And then we've got others in there who make bespoke jewellery, uh, beauticians, 
um, phones by night. So if you're on your way home from work and you've broken your mobile phone, drop it off for a pickup point. Uh, Owen, uh, who is ASD, doesn't he's more of a night owl than a skylark, to put it politely. Mm-hmm. So while we're all curled up, sleeping, knocking, knocking heads, he's probably awake fixing somebody's phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'll drop the phone off the following morning at the same pickup point. So when you go to work, you drive by and your phone is fixed. So you what a great idea that is. What yeah. an unbelievable idea. <laughs> and his surname and is everyone nice. goes, oh, the shops are all closed. We can't. What a genius idea. Exactly. Yeah. And that's his business. So we've got young people who develop websites. Yeah, his surname is Knight. So his business is Phones by Knight. <laughs> with the K. You know, and he's got his own logo and everything. So they're really doing well. Oh, we get some external uh, facilitators who come in and talk about money management. We get all of our young people to do a credit check. And then because if they want to grow the business, they've got to make sure that they've got credit because personal credit can affect business and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Then we introduce something called APR, interest. What is interest? How do you work? How do you manage it? Yeah. Uh, they've set up bank accounts and their business names. They're registered with companies' house. They've got insurance, adequate insurance as well, because one of our young entrepreneurs is a freelance climbing coach. You know, yeah. So she's doing that, yeah, and she's got some work in boardrooms, awesome walls, and some freelance too. So it's kind of like as much as we're, their idea and their ambition is, we'll do that. But we also need to ensure that we manage expectations as well because some young people's abilities can't reach the goals that they want, and we don't want to have disappointments. We want to have realistic targets, and we want to make yeah. sure that we work together. And that's why we have a mentor. We'll work with them during their time on the six-month program uh, and grow each other, to be honest. I get just as much out of those sessions, probably more on some of them, than the yeah. mentee, uh, and it's a really great opportunity. And that's that's what I really love about MCT. It's operating at grassroots level, and it's allowing ordinary young people to achieve extraordinary things. Brilliant. That is phenomenal. And you'd be skipping into work, wouldn't you, to find out all their ideas? And, and I think what you're saying, you know, watch, watching their business grow and their uh, confidence. And what really touched me was when you turned around and said that uh, they were having banter with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, for, for me, that was like, oh, that that means that they're just having a boss time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. If they can dance with each other and, and they, you know, they're not, you know, they, they come in and they couldn't speak and now they're having bands, that just shows the level of, um, like, how they're feeling inside. So that that, that really touched me, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So Jane Morris is listening and Jane was our guest two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, she says, clever name for his business, uh, Phones by Night. Good for uh, the young people to have ambition. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think we could talk to you forever, Kev. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, we do have a bit of a schedule. Um, 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 we have a red oh, face she... moment. Oh, okay. Okay, so, San, have you got a red face? She froze on us. Um, well, no, my red face, as we said, I'm back out and about now. So, I had a bit of a red face yesterday, but fortunately, it was you around. When I panicked because I thought I'd lost my door key of me place that I just moved into and I had the car full of stuff and I was like, ah, and then I remembered where I'd put it in the car. <laughs> I was like, oh, you'll have to ask your dad to come round because he had a key because he'd done some work and everything. And then I, and she went, no, hang on. And then I found it. So that was all right, but it was only hell. So it, that wasn't too red faced. It's just typical of me, really. But um, I'm doing all right at the minute, touch wood. And <laughs> um, what about you, Helen? Have you had any? Well, not really. Well, sort of. So it was my mum's birthday today, 
Um, and so as a little surprise, we went to see Hairspray and I thought, well, we'll book it in the daytime. And I thought it'd be dead cool if um, me and Phil and my mum and dad go and the four of us all go just, just for a little afternoon out and stuff like that. So Phil's already yeah. seen Hairspray, but oh. my dad has never seen the film. <laughs> and my dad was 80 like a couple of weeks ago and he's dead cool, like he's dead, he's dead trendy and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> But I think he didn't have a clue what was going on. You know, it was like, but he loved he loved the music and he loved the dance and all that. And at, at the interval, I went, I said, do you follow the story? Like, and he went, no. <laughs> so I think maybe my red face was like, maybe I should have taken him to something else. We did go to the cricket for his birthday. But, um, but no, he loved it. And, and you know, he, he was very appreciative of, of the actors and everything like that. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't the right show to take me down to. Um, so Kev, what, what, what's your red face? Have you got one or are you, or are you quite safe? No, I think it's quite similar to Sam's, to be honest. I lost me. I got a, a car. I've got like a, a nice big estate car, and it's all push button. You don't need a key and all this type of stuff. So I'm used to keys. I'm a bit old fashioned. So I kind of like I was decorating the weekend, like I said, and I couldn't find my car key. So I was like, ah, where is it? I've lost my car key. So naturally, your instinct is blame anybody but yourself. You know, yeah. you, have you seen it? You you look, you turn the house upside down, you know, and you kind of like I've lost it. And then it was. Ah, I've just put a wash on. And with it being an electric key, I was panicking. And so I went, you know what? I've got to go to work. I've got to go to work. I'll sort out when I get home. So I got the spare key out of the garage, got in the car, opened the cup holder where I normally put the key, and the key was already there. So I went ah, all night and didn't even lock it. <laughs> but at least it wasn't in the washing machine. That's that. That's a win. That's a win yeah. in our game that year. That's a definite win. So yeah. shout out to the grown-ups. Any grown-ups who've done amazing things. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Danny de Brabender, who was um, a guest on our show, one of our very first guests. They've raised £60,000 now. Mm -hmm. Um, for, for their charity, um, which is amazing. So, massive, massive well done to all of them. Um, and um, over to you, San. Well, he was on my list as well, Hal. Okay. But I'm going to do a shout out to Sophie Clark, who's been a guest yeah. on ours, and, and Chelsea Lee Stokes as well. Chelsea Lee Stokes was the um, popular vote for Miss Liverpool, and they were in the Miss England competition this week. Um, which is all, it's got quite a different take on it now. It's about what people do and how good they are and volunteering and the, the character of person, etc. And she, and Sophie Clark, who was absolute star of the show, who sang, and she sings a classical opera, etc. She's wow. just amazing, isn't she? And um, she put a little clip on of her singing, and all the people, all the contestants are walking around. It was on at the Barbican in London, you know. While she's down, meanwhile, because she's doing a master's, she goes busking. As you have to get a license to do that in London, and she goes to Wembley and here and there. And she busks all around and then appears in this big red dress of a nighttime. And I just think, just fantastic. She's so down to earth and gifted. And I just love her so much. So, and, and Chelsea's brilliant. She's passionate about body image and stuff and people being yeah. confident in their own skin. So, a massive shout out to both of them as well. And then also, last one, uh, it's the on the 8th of September's a clash of two big events in our city. So, the Hour for Others have got their gala dinner, which is the Gatsby one, which is one I'm going mm -hmm. to. And the um, John Haynes Foundation, so James passed away, okay. and they set up a charity to help people. And it's their gala dinner on the same night. So I don't. I think we may still have tickets. I'm not sure. So 
just to put it out there. If you Google either of them, they'll come up straight away. Both great charities. And that's all the shout-outs for me for grown-ups today. Well done. Um, Kev, have you got any shout-outs to grown-ups? Yeah, I think the grown-ups I want to give uh, kudos to are the positive influences within, within the city and that I've been introduced to within this new role. And, and two people in particular is Jonathan Quinn and Sandra Kirkham, who were the thoughts, and the, it's their baby, MCT is their creation. Uh, they saw a need to support disadvantaged and disengaging people with employability and set up Merseyside Community Training uh, and introduced, paid the salaries, got people on board, extended the reach, and helped turn it into what it is today. And I hope I do them justice by carrying their legacy forward and getting more young people engaged. But Sandra Kirkham, again, has set up a foundation which is available for young people, disadvantaged young people to access. And she's put it in the name of her, of her late father, uh, which is accessible for young people to access there. So funding is available. So she's just such a, a powerhouse and just a huge inspiration to me. And the passion and positivity that she speaks with just makes me go that little bit further. Who needs Orange Lucas Age when you've got a Sandra Kirkham? You just can't. Yeah. Uh, and I'd also like to give a huge, huge mention to Jim Graves, who's the chairman oh, yeah. as a volunteer in Merseyside Adventure Sailing Trust. And this man is running around the city at the moment, supporting young people to get placements to go on a tall ship and experience yeah. life at sea, uh, develop them holistically uh, within camaraderie, team teamwork, trust, uh, you know, all these type of things. And he's going out there and he's actually supporting two of our young people to experience that opportunity on a tall ship. And he also, on top of all the work he does at MAST, he volunteers with MCT as well and delivers yeah. some sessions with our young people. He so those for me, huge inspirations. Mm -hmm. And a way we want to give a recognition to all of our supporters, volunteers uh, and partners is we've got our first anniversary coming up in October this year. Uh, really? And we also have the first graduation ceremony of our Young Entrepreneurs Academy, which is taking place on the 21st of October. And I'm delighted that the Lord Lieutenant of Merseyside has agreed to attend and mark this milestone within our history. So loads of positive people I'm blessed to be surrounded with. And no doubt I'm going to meet many more on my current oh, agenda. Oh, fantastic. Jim, Jim Graves is just, anyone who knows him will just say what amazing peer. And he's, no disrespect, he won't mind me saying this, but, you know, he's long in the tooth, isn't he? Um, yeah. You know, and he, he's just fantastic guy. What he does is just, my nephew went on the tour trips through him. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. And, and that's an amazing opportunity, isn't it? Like, you know, to I, I personally wouldn't want to go on the tall ships. I wouldn't mind going on them and climbing up and down and just while they were in the dock. But yeah, yeah I don't want to go sailing on them. Thank you very much. But yeah, amazing opportunity for, for young people, isn't it? Really? Um, so we were talking before about a Skillshare, Kevin, and you were going to share a skill with us. So a Skillshare that people can go out and about. So we've got our Skillshare, but then we've got our positive challenge. So we're going to do a Skillshare first. Yeah, I think the, the skill skills for me is always staying in control of your feelings and your emotions because that's one of the few things in life we can control and we can have that and just remember if we feel ourselves getting a little bit bubbled or a little bit rivaled just take comfort in the fact that anger is the gift we give ourselves for other people's stupidity uh, but don't hang on to that anger for too long wow Wise words there, Kevin. You listening, son? Yeah, easier said than done. I like the way <laughs> it's very true. It can be challenging to hold to um, you know, to look after your emotions to keep them in check. And 
I would say a lot of people would be saying, but when I was younger, I was when I was a teenager, I was a very quick tempered person. And people mm. always say, I can't imagine you being like that and everything. But I was, but when I worked for the airline, when people would say things, I would visualize my wages. And I used to visualize <laughs> yeah. the bottom right hand corner, which was my take home. And I think if I say what I want to say to that person, I'm losing that. And that was the thing. Is that worth that? Plus all the perks that went with the job was amazing. And I just thought, what well, am I prepared to lose that to say what I want to say to him? I think I'm on board, pardon the pun. <laughs> yes, good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and, and and it is very difficult, especially for young people. You know, I think I think as we get a little bit older, I would say we learn a little bit I more about it. <laughs> oh, that that you 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 were you were frozen, then, Sarah, then you did like a super quick thing where you said, <laughs> 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 I'm quite cool. You're back in the room, back in the room. Um, but no, I'm just saying it's quite difficult, isn't it, for young people to um to sort of yeah. get those feelings and not lose the temper and stuff i'm i'm quite chilled so i'm i'm all right with those things like that but um i think as you get older i think as you get older you, you just so i think one of our I, I can't remember who it was and they said um their their great wisdom was um will it matter in five years i don't know will it i use that all the time will it matter in five years probably not let it go so let it go yeah and i think you can go even i think like you know will it matter next week sort of thing go you know no so 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 don't like rise to it and stuff yeah yeah um and now we have a positive challenge so a positive challenge that people can go out and about and do their challenge this week and that's so, you again kev yeah so a challenge i would set people to do is do at least one thing a day that you're proud of Ooh. and sometimes that can even be a little bit selfish do something for you but as long as you're proud of it my advice would be do it not half-heartedly give it your all yeah do it with purpose and, um, and before when you were talking about um you were talking about the successes of the young people and things like that yes and i'm a big massive massive um celebrate the wins and and you know shout your successes from the rooftop and and i think sort of the british culture were a bit like uh, oh you know we, we come across as you know like boasting and stuff and i always yeah and i always say no 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 you're an inspiration to somebody because somebody might be watching you and thinking well if they can do it then i can do it so i always think you know celebrate the wins and, and shout them from the rooftops and share yeah. them with as many people as you can Definitely. And it's like yeah. with charity work as well. With people, when we, we were young, we were brought up not to say if you did anything for charity, donated, didn't speak about it, it was done in court. The charity said, please tell people because if you tell people what you're doing for charity, and everyone we are, you've done loads of charity work in your life, Kevin. Everyone yeah. we have yeah, has done something either for charity or on a voluntary basis during the whole lockdown. That's we started it about. And I think, um, I think that's really important that people do share what they've done and say because it will inspire someone else. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, all I'm going to say is thank you so, so much for coming on, Kev. You've been an inspiration, and I probably could have sat here listening to you for hours and hours now as you speak. I was like absorbed in the screen. We didn't even ask oh, you any questions because we were just like absorbed yeah. with what you were saying. Um, well, and Sandra did say you were amazing. Yeah, Sandra said you were amazing, so um, she, she was right there. Um, and a massive thanks to San, and, and I'm made up that you're in your new home and, and 
you know, it's oh, going to be yeah. fun. Um, and so that's cool. Um, and we're going to hand it over to you, Kev, for our closing quotes because we've got about 30-ish seconds um, and you're going to give us your closing quote. Yeah, excellent. So I always believe that of the mantra is yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. So take every day and cherish it and support others along the way. Amazing. So thank you so, so much again for your time. Thank you, San. And we will see everybody next week. And we'll put all of Kev's details on um, on, on the page and, and you can get in touch if anybody wants to support um, MCT. That's amazing. And we'll see everybody next week. I look forward yeah. to it. Have thank a great you. evening, everyone.